And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. <laughs> Such good stuff. Where That's I- it. Where, 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 <laughs> and I shut my cake hole. Wow. What, what are we recording today, Beth? Today we're going to be discussing the 15th episode of the fifth season of Supernatural titled Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Jamie, what did you think? There wasn't a lot in this episode. Like, it seems like a concept that you would get so much out of to analyze, and there just there's not a lot here. Yeah, I agree. I like this episode. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, I yeah. think it's actually like a pretty good episode, but it's definitely filler. The plot maybe advances like a bit. I was saying, like when there was the the thing about you know Bobby's half dead, not dead, sort of semi dead wife. <laughs> half dead, not dead, sort of semi dead. <laughs> Like, when, when we get the bit where she's like, oh, yeah, death told me to send you a message, mm. I was thinking, here we go, we're going to get some, like, massive plot stuff. And I yeah. was like, great, we're going to we're gonna get some, like, ma- like, you don't have that set up without getting any plot stuff from it. Yeah. And no, you absolutely do get that set up without getting yeah. any plot stuff from it. <laughs> like, anyway, we'll worry about that later. The plot stuff is literally like, oh, yeah. They're targeting Bobby. And it's like, well, we kind of already fucking knew that because why else would they target a random town other than Bobby? Like, it's not... Yeah, exactly. Like, like here I was thinking that the message was going to be something, like, super-duper plot-relevant. Uh-huh. Like, or, like, know, coordinates or fucking something. Something that's going to be, like, game-changing. And then it was that. And I was like, okay, that's an option, I guess. And <laughs> basically it's like, you're too friendly with those Winchester boys who are pissing us off right now. Like, So maybe think again before you make friends. Or semi-half-adopt neglected children. We do get Dean saying this episode that Bobby is like a father to them, which I think is nice. I love it whenever they verbalise that because it's like such an obvious thing, but it's nice for them to actually acknowledge like, yeah, like that is who he is to us. He's basically our dad. What gets me though is normally when we we have this set up though, normally it's Dean going, he's the closest thing we ever had to a father. Uh Uh-huh. This time it wasn't, which was a little bit disappointing. I do love it when Dean sort of like, I think the writers just forget John exists for some, like for a minute sometimes, you know what I mean? Like They're like, oh yeah, Bobby is their dad, right? Yeah, like, right. Like, that, right? like what That's do you mean the... we made another character who just substantially neglected his children for decades? Like, What I did like this episode though is I feel like we did get a little bit of character growth, or at least like we get to see that there has been character growth over the last couple of seasons. Because as uh, Sam and Dean are leaving town initially, Dean stops at the graveyard and he's like, you know, we should go just like double check. And Sam's like, but Bobby said that it's fine. Like, yeah, he's like, there's nothing here. And Dean's like, and what? So like Bobby's never wrong. And I was like, that is some growth. If this was season one and it was John, not Bobby, who had told them that it was fine and that they should just skedaddle, Dean would have just taken that and just been like, that's what like dad said. Yeah. And if anything, Sam would be arguing. It's like a little bit of a flip-flop, really. But it's interesting, I think. It's interesting to see that Bobby is someone who they feel comfortable questioning or standing up to, whereas John just, like, never was. Obviously, Sam stood up to him, like, a little bit, but I I think it's less standing up to him and more just wanting to be contradictory Mm. when it comes to, like, early season Sam and John. Like, it's it's not Sam going, no, I think maybe he's wrong. I want to just double check to make sure with my own two eyes. Yeah. It's, I don't want to do anything dad wants me to do, so I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, it's a little bit different in terms of vibe. And I also think that, like, there's a tendency in the show for, like, if Dean has a gut instinct, it's usually correct. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some... Notable exceptions. Well, I basically... You paused like you were thinking of an occasion in which his gut instinct was substantially wrong. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not saying he doesn't make bad choices. Yeah. And, like, ultimately, like, make bad decisions and do bad things. But typically, in terms of a narrative, his gut instinct is often correct. Even if you, like, don't see it until, like, Or even later. if the actions he takes aren't the best actions to take. At the end of the day, he was still, like, he had the correct information. He just didn't act on it in a responsible or adult-like way. Well, it's kind of like he might interact with a character, you know, and Dean will be like, his gut instinct is like, I don't trust them. But then, like, over the course of a few episodes or something, everyone else kind of warms up to them. Ultimately, like, that character probably will end up betraying them. Very much like Ruby. Mm-hmm. Like, Dean did not like Ruby from the get-go. He never liked Ruby the whole way through. And then Ruby ultimately betrays them. That kind of thing. So even where other characters will often maybe be swayed, or, mm-hmm. like, even if Dean himself at some point is swayed, often it's his gut reaction that ends up narratively being the direction the show goes. Which is interesting. I did see a fun take on Tumblr the other day 
And I'm sorry, I don't know who the OP was because I didn't save the post, I don't think. But You're really letting down the team here, Bethany. Aren't I'm you? sorry, I'm sorry. But oh I didn't think it was gonna be relevant. I didn't know that this was where we were gonna talk about, but The joys of an unscripted podcast. <laughs> it was like a really fun take that was like Sam is psychic because of the demon blood and only when he's like under the influence of like the demon blood or he's being yeah. in, like, you know, has that in him that's like awakened happening but dean is like actually just a low level psychic just naturally but it's like low enough that like it's not really obvious like (laughs) because personally i wouldn't say that i would say it's more he was forced as a child to grow up too quickly so he's been forced to become really good at reading Reading people people really quickly because he had to monitor john for when john's mood swings would cause mm-hmm. yeah. him that or is, Sam harm. That is also totally valid headcanon. I just think maybe the psychic one is a little bit more fun and less makes me want to cry. You know? <laughs> but it's not supernatural unless it makes you want to cry. Oh, I guess. You chose the sad Warbo <laughs> show, but you didn't have to. I know. Nobody said you have to choose the sad Warbo <laughs> show. You were like, hmm, what if? Now, I'm just spitballing here, but what if? <laughs> okay, speaking of the sad Warbo show... <laughs> Obviously, this episode, we said before, it's like, it's a bit of a filler, but we do yeah. get some some bits that are probably worth, like, just mentioning, chatting about. Did you have anything particular you wanted to... I don't have anywhere specific that I want to move forward, so if you've got an idea, by all means, take the podcast. Okay. I just want to highlight the fact that this episode, we get Jodie. You already know that Jodie is, like, a fan favourite. I asked you about her way back when in our, like, intro, intro yeah. episode. It's one that I've heard the name of. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Jodie. Like, I, I've, I've heard that name in fandom spaces. Like, that's not... Yeah. So I don't think... And she obviously lives at the end of this episode, so I don't think it's a spoiler to say that she does become recurring, and we do get to know her character a lot better. It's, it's just one of those things where you don't become a fan favourite character unless you appear more than once. Like, it's very, very rare for a character... To become a fan favourite unless they become a recurring character. Yeah, or it's like it's less likely, obviously, mm. because you just have less content to work with. And like the other thing is for me, like I like Jody, but like also in this episode she wasn't We get minimal screen time. We get time. minimal screen time. Like we get a little bit of Jody, but it's nothing that I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm immediate like it's not a Meg situation here. No. That's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like if it was like a Meg situation, it was like, oh yeah, no, I can see how people would immediately imprint upon this character then I would get it, but it was like, she's a fun character, and like, don't get me wrong, and I really like her, but like, she's just not... You haven't immediately attached. No. No, and that's fair. We really don't actually get a lot from her this episode, but I'm very excited that we're now at a point where she exists, because as we go through the series, she is a really fun character to come back to. She becomes quite integral to like, the boys' extended family Mm. kind of situation, and so that's really really fun like i'm excited that we have her and i hope that as we go you will learn to like her more i also just love kim rhodes who plays her i think she does a phenomenal job and i particularly want to highlight first of all the absolute mum energy she brings to the interaction where she finds out that sam and dean are in fact not the fbi and that whole like first interaction with them i just think it's so fun like she really has her mum voice engaged (laughs) And I love it. Which, I mean, to be fair, Sam and Dean have never heard a mum voice before. Oh, rough. (laughs) You say rough, but I'm just telling the truth. I know that. (laughs) Again, you chose the The sad sad Warbo show. show. Yeah. You cannot blame me for your bad choices. (laughs) That's not how this works. This is your fault. Exclusively your fault. (laughs) I, I was happy. I had never watched Supernatural before. I was living my life, I was content, and you were like, hmm, maybe, maybe we should make a podcast about the sad Lorbo show. You know what? I stand by that decision, Jerry. Not sure how I feel about it. Still conflicted. That's fair. Jury's out until we at least hit the finale. So, you've got a couple years left, but... I really love the way that she presents Jodie as like quite a very competent character, which is fun, mm. but also she's like got that wit. She's very quick. She's just an enjoyable character to work with, and you'll see this more as we get through the show and we get more from her. The other thing that I wanted to just highlight that I thought was really, really well done was the moment where she is standing alone outside her house after her kid turns and kills her husband, and Sam goes in and it's just so quiet. And then there's the single gunshot and you get her like it's tied in on her face as she like 
reacts to that moment. I think it was very effective and I think that she did a fantastic job in that performance and I think that whoever's decision it was to have it be pretty much nothing except the one shot and like the way that that scene was presented. I think this episode was directed by John F. Showalter and I think that he did a fantastic job as well. Actually there was also a really fun shot when Sam and Dean are first digging the grave of the uh, first guy that we see who's risen and it like they put the shovel on the ground and then the camera angle changes so it's like a a top-down view Mm -hmm. and I just thought that was really fun it was something that we don't see very often we don't often get those sort of aerial shots oh I do just want to gloat in victory a little bit because we get another (laughs) case of tragic supernatural related death in vague proximity and I'm assuming Jodie's maybe not going to become a full hunter but like hunter adjacent so like my theory is continuing to hold up in that people become hunters based on immediate family tragedy yeah yeah you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm also guessing I'm not fully right because I'm very rarely like fully right. I think calling Jodie Hunter adjacent is actually probably quite a good descriptor because you're right. She doesn't fully convert, but she definitely Like she's stays. not hitting the road and hunting every day. and like No, it's not her full-time career. She's not doing a Winchester. <laughs> no. But she's also like not, not doing a Winchester, you know what I mean? Like. I definitely think Hunter adjacent is appropriate in terms of Jodie. And I guess that's the kind of thing where it's like, if you become aware that this sort of stuff does exist, it probably is in your best interest to be aware of it, even if you're not going to make it your mission to eradicate all yeah. of the things that go bump in the night from the earth. Like, just knowing that those things could be a threat. I think it's also just like a side effect of the thing that she would be hunting down for revenge is basically like Bobby and the Winchester, which you can't really have that on the Bobby and the Winchester show. Yeah, or literally just death. Yeah. <laughs> which like, seems like a bit of an abstract concept. Like, you know, some of them it's like there is a single monster that you could blame that's responsible. But, like, in this case it's kind of like, well, not really. Mm. Because the monster's not really a monster. And also it's not something really killable. I do want to have a chat maybe about Karen, Bobby's wife. Did you have any particular thoughts, re-Karen? I don't love the fact that they made his wife – basically she's just there to cook and – like, it's very much like – 50s housewife and i get that like bobby's meant to be older but it's also just like is this really how we're gonna frame it right now like is that is this is this your final decision like Mm. i feel like the thing that bothers me a little bit about it because i like karen i think that she's a very sweet character i like that they made her we've talked about this recently with like ellen and joe and we talked about it with pamela and like a few other characters along the way all of the women i might just pop in there but who have all been able to have agency in their deaths mm-hmm. and like it's fucking so annoying that they keep killing them but at least they get to have that agency yeah this is another example of that where like i like that unlike the other people who came back we don't see karen turn we see her actively we see her realizing that she's turning and yeah. i think it's also probably a side effect of she's the only one who actually died of something supernatural yeah so like she's already experienced this feeling of like Something else in her body that's kind of controlling her and like turning yeah. her into a monster. When Something she, that she's not, you know. And so it's kind of like she's like she's IDing the signs. She can be like, no, I'm going to do everything I can to stop myself from going through this again. And we've had this a couple of times in the show already, and we will continue to have it throughout the show where people are like, I would rather die than continue as a monster and like harm people, and I would rather die by my own choice as myself than live on as something that is not me and is going to cause other people harm. And what's so funny is that when Sam tries to make that decision, <laughs> Dean's literally like, nope, try again. There's a lot of hypocrisy uh, just generally throughout as well when it comes to the Winchesters. And it's like, you know, the whole thing of like, what's dead should stay dead, except if it's <laughs> my except sibling. Except my sibling, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that sort of bothers me about this episode is I'm like, I hate that you brought Bobby's traumatically dead wife back to life purely to kill her again. Kill her again. It's like, we already killed this woman once for man pain and you were like, not good enough, better do it again. <laughs> and like, we even get Bobby saying in this episode, like, she was the love of my life. How many times do I got to kill her? And it's like, yeah, good question, Jeremy Carver. You want to answer that for me, please? The real question, though, is is it better or worse that it's the same woman killed twice or would it, would it be better for it to be two separate women or the same well, woman killed twice? Here's the thing, right? I don't know if I have an answer to that question, first off. I think it sucks either way. 
But, like, I suppose at least Karen, like you said before, like, she kind of understood the situation better than if it was, like, a new She person. understood the assignment. She did. That's a horrible way to put it. But, yeah, I guess. But here's the thing, right? Dan is an idiot. I love him so much, but he's so stupid sometimes. Like, they walk into the house and they're like, who's that? And Bobby's like, that's my wife. And Dean goes, your new wife? And I'm like, babe, you know the dead are rising. And I'm like, I get what he's saying. I get he's basically being like, you that don't mean to tell us. Zombie. Yeah, you don't mean to fucking tell us that you have a zombie in your kitchen making us lunch right now. You know, like, you best not be telling me you that. You best have run away to Las Vegas and got remarried. Yeah, without telling us. Like, <laughs> like and I love that that's the two options. Because in this moment, Dean is basically saying it is more likely that you have just run away to Vegas and had like an over the overnight wedding, yeah, in like a drunken stupor, yeah, than you let your zombie wife come into your house. And he kind of has a point, but also like as much as obviously Bobby is like not thinking rationally in this episode. First of all, I get it, but second of all, like I feel for him, yeah. As much as it's like, come on, dude, you fucking know better. Yeah. It's also like, it is kind of a, it's like between a rock and a hard place, you know? Like, yeah. Bobby doesn't have any good options here. No. Because either way, his wife is dead for man pain. And his man pain, specifically. And we get it. And like, literally, death brought her back for his man pain. Mm. Like, specifically. Like, not even just generally. Like, specifically. And then at the end, Dean says to him, you know, I don't know jack shit about love, but like, at least you got to have those five days with her. And Bobby's like, yeah, which makes this all about a thousand times worse. Because, like, yeah, obviously he had killed her and that's, like, a very traumatic thing to have gone through and, like, the circumstances surrounding it and everything is horrible, horrible, horrible. It's been decades, though, and time helps and distance helps. And, like, now that Adopting two children helps. Yeah, you know, pouring your energy into something helps but opening up that wound again and then essentially making him relive that experience which to be fair is the entire design like whoever's evil like i think they say it's death's evil plan he's very good at evil plans like you've got to give props for props to you you know what i mean like he is my favorite horseman like rip for what he did to bobby but he is my favorite man's got panache like I wanted to just, like, mention on that scene at the end where, like, Bobby's like, it makes it everything about so much worse. And then Sam. Fucking Sam. King of understatements. I saw something. (laughs) I saw something get hurt once. It's like, are you going to be alright, Bobby? I'm like, Jesus, Sam, what the fuck do you think? You're standing here at his wife's second funeral. He just had to murder her again. He's just said the whole bit about, also, like... this is probably, what, like, six months after the speech in Curious Case of Dean Winchester? Yes! Where he's like, yes. I can no longer walk, I kind of want to... I would say not even six months, because this is episode 15, and that was episode 7. So, like, like... Two months. Yeah, because we're assuming an episode a week. And then, Sam continues, he just keeps fucking asking him, like, but you'll be alright, right, Bobby? Are you gonna be okay? And I'm like, Sam, you think that you would relate to having to watch the blonde woman you're in love with burn. You'd think that you would be able to, like, fucking have some tact here. I just, like, at least, like, Dean says to him, like, oh, like, you know, at least you got to have those couple of extra days. Even though Bobby says ultimately that does make it harder, like, at least he was kind of like, you know, at least you can appreciate what you had. Sam was like, but you'll bounce back, right? Like, you're gonna get over this, right? Boy, what are you what are you saying? Give him five minutes. You are literally her corpse isn't even burnt yet. No. And you're like, but you'll get over it, right? <laughs> because that's exactly how it works. Actually, another example of the boys being absolute ding-dongs this episode is they're so shocked that everyone around them has heard of Bobby. And it's like, yeah. guys, they're in the same relatively small town. I also love that Bobby is canonically the town drunk. Oh yeah. <laughs> like no one likes him. No. Except Jody now. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> what I want to know, though, is is he the town drunk because of recently or because of, like, when his wife first died? Mm, like, mm. is it is it a reputation that's, like, just he got it when she first passed away? And it stuck. And it stuck. Or is it, like, you know, when he lost his legs, he was like, mm. better one-up that old reputation. 
Yeah, although I suppose, like, we had recently in um, Sam Interrupted and Dean's talking about, like, how often, like, he drinks and stuff. I think it's also just, like, hunter culture. Yeah. You know, kind of like Australian culture. Australians are uniquely equipped to become hunters. (laughs) We've already got the alcoholism. (laughs) And serial killers. Yep. The only way we fall short is we don't have the gun cult. That's true, yes. It would be very difficult to be a hunter in Australia because you just couldn't get the guns for it. Well, I suppose you could. You just have to get the licenses, so yeah. which is harder because then you have to have, like, the paper trail yeah. and the, you know, IDs. You can't IDs and... the grid and get, like... Yeah. <laughs> I do want to make a note that Bobby in this episode is also, like, his costuming is different and his hair is different and his whole house is... Clean. Immaculate. And, like, that, like, obviously trades back into the whole like Karen kind of just like falling into this unfortunate 50s housewife stereotype yeah but it is I think an interesting way at least in Bobby's costuming and stuff and the way that his hair is styled I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting to show like how different he presents comparatively to when he's living by himself I don't know for me it makes me think about like maybe what his priorities would have looked like or how he might have presented himself when he was younger like before Karen died because we really don't get to see much like we we do at some point get to see some of pre karen's death but very little very little like i think she describes him as like mild mannered yeah which is odd so funny because yeah like bobby bobby's actually probably one of the softer hunters we meet like oh absolutely in that he's like semi-emotionally intelligent that's actually quite a high compliment he's not quite as emotionally repressed as the rest of you know what i mean but it's still like he's still a hunter he still drinks, he still swears, he still... There's only so sort of soft you can be while also being... Like... Yeah. I'm really looking forward to meeting Garth because he is... He's a hunter, but he has a very different life So he's approach. like the anti-John Winchester. You, I don't know how to explain to you Garth's energy. For anyone at home listening right now, I'm thinking about Mr. Fizzles. Frizzles? One of the two. You know what I'm talking about. Jamie's looking at me like I'm a psycho. Fr- Do you mean like Miss Frizzle? Like the magic school bus? No, but similar energy maybe. <laughs> anyway, if you're listening and you've seen that episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I cannot wait for Jamie to see it because it is, a, a, it's, I love Garth. He's very fun. Anyway, that's not the point. Garth is not the character we get this episode. So I wanted to know, did you see anything this episode? It was a Jeremy Carver episode. Did you note anything that you think furthers the Jeremy Carver agenda of removing Sam or bad shit happening to Sam? So, I mean, to be fair though, the boys split up, right? Mm -hmm. Which always A plus I do. (laughs) We always tell them what a great tactic that is. It never goes (laughs) wrong. Like, flawless idea. I love that Dean was like, okay, yeah, there's an entire town who are woefully underprepared for this. But I go go and save Dad. Yeah. And Dad specifically. Like, who is a hunter and prepared for the possibility? Yeah. And I love that Sam is like, I'll just go to town and save everyone else. Should be easy. (laughs) Which, what's fucking hilarious to me is, like, you're thinking, okay, we're going to get more Sam screen time because he's got more dead people to deal with. And then immediately we only see Bobby and Dean. (laughs) No, here's the funniest part. Because I did see something that I was like, oh, this is Jeremy Carver hating on Sam. (laughs) So Dean goes to Bobby's house, and he's hanging out in the kitchen, sitting on the counter, kicking his feet, eating pie. He's with Karen, and it's, like, tense. But, like, ultimately, he's eating his favourite food in the safest place in the universe for him, right? Sam, on the other hand, is in some old lady's house, and she slobbers goo all over him, and he nearly dies. (laughs) You keep getting cuts between these two scenarios, and I'm like, this is... I will never get over the fact that I swear to God, every Jeremy Carver episode is like something horrible is happening to Sam while something fine is happening to Dean. Or Sam just isn't there. Yeah. So then the second half of the episode, we get the split up and then we get so much more Dean content than we do Sam content. Yeah. Like we get like the two scenes where Sam kind of makes friends with Jody, and then that's literally it. And then we just see Dean dealing with all of the zombies because they're all going after him and Bobby. Well, we also get the scene in the police station where Sam's handing out the guns and everyone is like basically makes fun of him. <laughs> Being like, oh, you're friends with Bobby? The town drunk. <laughs> like, yeah, Sam's getting like, Sam's getting roasted. Dean and Bobby, <laughs> Dean and Bobby, Dean and Bobby, Dean and Bobby, Sam a little bit, Dean and Bobby. Like, yeah. it's, it's so wildly unequal. I know. It's so, it's so funny to me. I do love actually they lock themselves in a closet and i just think that's funny but then 
Bobby's like, you know, what are we going to do? And Dean's like, it's fine. They're idiots. They don't know how to pick a lock. You know what? Immediately it goes quiet. And you just hear the lock. It's comedic gold. It's just so funny. Oh, actually, in this scene when they're in the closet and Dean says, I'm making this stuff up as I go, which is almost a perfect Cass quote Mm. from the end of season four when he looks at Chuck and he says, we're making it up as we go. And so, like, I just thought that was, like, a little fun bit. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be a reference to that moment, but I think it's a little fun. It's a little fun tidbit. Little yeah. Fun Whether intentional or not, it's, like, it's just fun. Yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about Dean, baby boy, Winchester, just being a little dumb in this episode. Mm. Like, he's standing in the kitchen, and she's like, no, I remember all of it. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean you remember all of it? You told us. It's like, Dean, baby boy. People lie. That's how they get what they want. We've You said that. You've literally fucking done this. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't remember what happened in Hell Season 14 Winchester. Like, the fuck did it? How are you surprised by this tactic right now? You've literally done this before. You've literally told people that you can't remember shit when you 100% remember shit. Yeah, and why? Why? One, because it sucks for you to have to talk about the shit, but also... Because you don't want to put that on the people that you care about. Everyone knows you don't burden your children with heavy responsibilities. Or apparently your spouses. No. Which is, yeah, a little bit big yikes for me as well. It's like, okay. Yeah, see, this is the thing. Because I also am like, you're not going to put something on someone that you love if you don't have to. But, like, also the point is that the people that you love love you. And, like... There's an ebb and a flow and it's a two-way street and you should be able to have conversations about your various traumas and like have those discussions. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about how Karen gets painted this episode. It's just, it's very old school, I suppose. It's very heteronormative binary of like, like you said before, like she just gets painted as like a housewife. All she does is bake pies and clean and say that she doesn't want to give Bobby trauma. Mm. by like bringing up the fact that he literally killed her like but then she also immediately brings him trauma like not even two scenes later yeah when she's like oh yeah no i was specifically sent back after you by death yeah which like could have been important information for her to share maybe from the get-go like karen babe come on i have a question and Mm -hmm. i don't know necessarily if you can answer it for okay She's like, oh, that like death had a message for you. Mm. Was the me- message literally just like stop hanging around the Winchesters or like? I, I have no idea. Do we ever learn what the actual message was? Because like we get like the implication that it was something along those lines, but like I haven't rewatched this part of the season recently enough to remember if we get the actual like a quote. But yeah, like the implication I think is just like back off. But it just seems like a lot of effort to go to yeah. pass on that message. Well, like, I mean, I guess horsemen are just extra like yeah. that, you know. This episode, I mean, it's fine. Mm. You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I, do you know, actually, this episode, I didn't watch. The first time I watched the show, I completely missed this episode. It was just missing from the collection of episodes that I've been given. And so I missed it entirely. And I didn't notice until the next episode we get with Jody, mm. Because... Like, we, they did, like, the recap and was like, oh, remembered when we met Jody? And I was like, no. I you met Jody? Who the fuck is Jody? Anyway, and so I didn't watch this episode until years later when I, like, actually got it on, like, a streaming service and I was able to watch it. But, like, yeah, it was, it's wild. Like, I completely skipped this episode, unintentionally, but I did, and it made absolutely no difference to my understanding of the plot. Which, like, it feels like an episode that should significantly shift your understanding of the plot. Yeah, or at least the characters. Yeah. Like, it really, it really achieves nothing. When I first saw you this morning, you Is literally... Is the actual Jeremy Carver Longcon to achieve nothing? <laughs> Look, reserve judgment till you've seen his seasons, okay. and then we can revisit that question. I think that could be a fun bonus episode. <laughs> but when we first saw each other this morning, I think you said to me, like, this episode really was just the Bobby angst episode. Yeah. And, like, yeah. And as much as I love Bobby, I think that, yeah, this episode doesn't really do much else other than introduce Jodie. And we've also already just had a Bobby angst episode. Yeah, relatively recently. I mean, to be fair, it's a nice change of pace from all the Dean angst episodes. Yeah, that's true. Or the Sam angst episodes. I mean, I literally missed it and it changed nothing. Like, I don't think it achieves really anything at all. Yeah, 
it's not a bad episode. It's just like a nothing. It's episode. just pointless. Like it. Yeah. It. It kind of reminds me of Roadkill. Mm. In the sense of like, it's fine. It's like an interesting. It's like a different concept. There's nothing wrong with the actual episode. It just doesn't feel like anything. Yeah. Like, and like that's kind of a bummer, especially like we're now pretty much mid smack bam in the middle of season five, which is supposed to have been the final season. And they're wasting time serving as an episode that really accomplishes nothing. And that, like, I personally find that frustrating because I'm like, that's 40 minutes of airtime that could have been really interesting. And you just kind of went, eh. And I understand that, you know, you have lulls and there's like a reason you build filler episodes into a season. Yeah. But like, also. I mean, it is kind of very fun that Bobby just straight up gaslights the brothers for a bit this yeah. episode. Like, he's fully gaslighting. Fully lying to them. Like, I related so heavily to the brothers. Like, the most <laughs> I ever have. You're like, oh my god, I finally can relate to these yeah. characters. It took five, four and a half seasons, but... They're finally just being gaslit. Gaslit. I guess the other thing is, I feel like it's a bit of a disservice to Sam and Dean that neither of them fucking noticed that Bobby's house and Bobby look entirely different to normal. Yeah, because, like, his hair has fully changed. Yeah, he's like, not even wearing a hat. Yeah. That's what it was. I was like... I knew his hair was styled differently. It's and naked like, Bobby. It's like, it's, it's no hat. Because he's actually put in the effort to style his hair so he doesn't wear a hat. Like I said, they're kind of dumb this episode. And I, I think it's a bit of a disservice because at least one of them should have picked up on like, wow, Bobby's house, like, I think Dean says, like, it just smells like soap. And I'm like, okay, yeah, valid. But also, did you not notice how, like, there are lights on and stuff? And, like, the books aren't everywhere? And there's no cobwebs? Like, guys. And Sam's not locked in the panic room. <laughs> I just feel like it's a little bit of a, a disservice to these characters who like have been built up to be very competent and we know generally are pretty competent, at least at acknowledging signs and symptoms of their surroundings, yeah. that something might be off here. Okay, Beth, time for my PSA this week. Here's the problem is the PSA, and I know this is your rule, the PSA has to be relate, like relevant to something that could actually happen in real life. Mm-hmm. But I want to say like, if you see someone who's supposed to be dead, Maybe you don't welcome them into your home, but, like, that's just stupid. Yeah, because you're never going to see... You're, that's just not going to happen. I mean, unless someone fakes their death. Or, like, it's an evil twin situation. Okay, well, maybe that is my guess, then. I know it'll be wrong. Evil but maybe twin you know, awareness. Evil twin... <laughs> it's a growing epidemic. <laughs> yeah, be aware that... It's a real shame that I don't have the twin. I think it'd be so much fun to be the evil twin. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> of course you think that. I, I could not be an evil twin. Wait, Naomi's a twin. Is Naomi the evil twin or the good twin? I mean... <laughs> I'm gonna say that Naomi's the good twin. Only because of what I can tell of her, like, her twin. Their energy is so chaotic. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I think that Naomi's the evil twin. <laughs> I'm gonna tell Naomi like, that. I lo- love and affection. So much love and affection, but I think she's the evil twin. <laughs> And the best thing is I have recorded proof of you calling Naomi the evil twin. I mean, I could go get her and ask her her opinion. She would have happ- happily weigh in on that, I'm sure. Should we have, like, a mini bonus guest spot of Naomi? Should I go get her? Do it! Okay. <laughs> this is how we're going to film this episode. <laughs> okay, Jamie. I haven't told her what the question is. Okay. I haven't told her what the question is. And also, I think that we should get her answer before she knows what either of us think. Okay. Can is this a recording? Is this a recording? Yes. Yes. Can I sit on the bed or will I not? Absolutely. Be fine. You, we're not requiring, we, we want two minutes of your time, okay? Yeah, then you can leave, I promise. Then you can leave. We will not drawing. Okay, this is an important question. We need you to help us. We need you to wait. <laughs> You're the tie break. <laughs> right. We're talking about evil twins. Do you, do you think <laughs> that you are the good twin or the evil twin? Obviously um... one of you is evil. <laughs> like, obviously. That's just how twins work. I'm the evil. That's what I said! I think I'm a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm definitely the evil twin. Well, you guys love bullying me, so... Yeah, I think... But to be fair, you love to be bullied. Yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of asking for it. But I I think the oldest sibling is always the ass. The oldest... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a twin, though. Yeah. She didn't say twins, like older twins. <laughs> okay. She just said older sibling. The structure goes, the eldest one is a dick to the younger. Okay. To build up the younger sibling tolerance. 
to just general life things that they will experience, then the younger sibling inherits that dick energy and then tortures the rest. It's like a cycle. But the older sibling always starts with that. Well, that's... They were born first. So is <laughs> yeah. that just the older sibling just being a well, child? It's no, it's the older sibling pranking the rest. Mm. So I've got myself, then my twin, yeah. and then a younger sibling. Yeah. So... You're the like, oldest of three. Yeah. Tech, on a technicality. Because, <laughs> you know, we're twins. But um, I guess, I mean, when you're a twin, if you're firstborn, it means you've kind of, like, elbowed the other twin out of the way to get out first. Does yeah. that just mean the el- So the eldest well, twin is always I, evil. Okay, yeah, so obviously. I think we, I, We've cracked the code. I was delivered via C-section. So the doctor assigned so, you evil at birth. Yes. <laughs> they were like, hmm... Which one should I take out Lucky first? Dick. Yeah. And they chose me because I'm better. Um, <laughs> I love that energy. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> we need to get back to talking about Supernatural. This yeah. is a... But thank you for your little cameo. <laughs> You're welcome. A little surprise guest visit. I really... We just needed your opinion to solve yeah. that. I mean, you're welcome to hang around, but no, you didn't watch the episode. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> I would just derail the whole... Do you remember... Oh, hey, what are your, what's your opinion on Jodie? Oh, you're here. Wait, what does she look like? She's the cop. Oh, Jodie with the short hair that's a lesbian? <laughs> I think that so I think we know opinion. what our opinion of Jodie is. Yes. <laughs> I think that's my opinion. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. joining us. Yeah. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> Every time we have her in this room to record, <sighs> I think, no, she's not that chaotic. <laughs> and then She's evil. Or at least the evil era of two twins. Okay, so there we go. We've got confirmation. <laughs> Naomi is officially the evil twin. I love that for her. <laughs> Goals, honestly. Oh, what a fun little cameo. Okay. Okay, but my PSA <laughs> for the day. <laughs> I fully forgot we were halfway through your PSA. Ooh, okay. What is your PSA? I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay, so my PSA for the day is that in a functional relationship, you're not, like, she literally says, he's my husband, my job is to bring him peace. Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, no it ain't. You should never feel forced to squash your problems for the sake of somebody else. Like, don't get me wrong. I think there's, like, a certain amount of, like, selflessness that you need for a functional relationship. Mm-hmm. But, like, there is also, like, a level of, don't make yourself tiny for somebody else. Yeah, there's an ebb and flow sometimes you're going to be going through something and part of being in that kind of relationship or like really any kind of relationship whether it's platonic or romantic or like however whatever like part of it is like if you're going through something rough that they should be there to help you through it and vice versa obviously there are some things where it's like maybe you should seek professional help for stuff that might not be appropriate for you to talk about with various you know people around you but generally speaking you have a rough day at work it's not your job to bottle that all up and just not address it and just be mad privately. Anyway, solid PSA. I think they did Karen dirty. I have one other point that I want to make today and then I think I'm pretty well tapped out. Did you have anything else you want to... I have a couple of very quick ones and one uh, that comes back to like the actual like structure, like the production of the episode. Yeah. So it's probably my only like semi-serious point. Should I just get my point out of the way? Please, You can do whatever the fuck you want. So my point is that we've got a full-on stranger this episode basically calling Dean a queen. That's one of my points. Who died and made you queen. And we get a pointed, like, reaction shot as well. Like, we get both a Sam and a Dean reaction shot off of the back of Mm -hmm. that comment. And I'm like, I just want to know why, you know? It's because Dean's a queen. Maybe. Like, do you think? It's really funny that people keep clocking him as gay. Right? They keep microaggressing him. I know. Constantly. It's it's really funny because, like, I feel like this is a really good example of, like, the writers don't realise that jokes are canon. Yes. Oh, my God. Because it is a joke. The joke is he's getting called a queen. But also, like, there's a reason. Mm. A stranger called him queen. Yeah. This is not even the first time someone has called him that. I'm just saying. (laughs) The first time was in something wicked. It, it's a choice. It's a fucking pattern, too. Like, if D not queer, then why? Mm, thank you. Yes. Like, that's literally the question. Anyway, yes. Carrying on. Carrying on. Same scene. Dean also says, you gave yourself your own nickname. You can't do that. And I just think that that is so hypocritical. Because later in the series, he actually does give himself a nickname, which is low-key tied into what we were just talking about. 
I am going to tell you it because it's not a spoiler. It's just stupid. But he nicknames himself the Meat Man. Yes, that's the correct reaction to have. That facial expression is the correct reaction to have it's to just... learning that information. Yes, no, so he, he calls himself the meat man and Sam is like, I don't think that means what you think it means. And Dean's like, yes, it does. And it's like, that's... Again, there's a reason so many people clock him. I know. He's not subtle about it. No, he's... I feel like at this point the only person who doesn't know is him. I, well, I think he knows. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that. One of the other, like, a couple of the other, like, sillier parts of the episode that I enjoy was when they break into the the first guy who, like, we see rise from the dead and he kills that dude who killed him. They break into his house and, like, he comes at them with a bat or something and they're like, whoa, whoa, like, we're the FBI. And I'm like, guys, how the fuck are you trying to convince this man you're the FBI? You're literally breaking and entering. You don't have a badge. You are dressed in street clothes. What the fuck are you- t- You're holding a shotgun. You don't at all- look like FBI. Not even in the fucking slightest. Anyway, I just thought it was ridiculous. But I do love the line when Jody says to them, like, what, so you're just going to take him out and shoot him in the street? And the guy's like, hey, what? And Dean goes, you're a zombie. And he comes back with, I'm a taxpayer, which is just the funniest interaction. It's just an odd episode. They're like, hmm, a whole bunch of people are returning from the dead. Nothing concerning here. Oh, I, yeah. It's wild. It's really, really wild. I just fucking love that his defense is I'm a taxpayer. Like, yeah, maybe I'm a zombie, but like, I fucking am a good citizen. Just fucking hilarious. The only other note that I had that I wanted to touch on was the opening sequence. I really, really enjoy the opening sequence of this episode. I think it's actually maybe the strongest part of the episode, which is you have the guy who's like the victim of the week kind of thing. And he is sitting and he's watching, I don't know, some kind of animal documentary. And I love that the voiceover of the documentary is basically narrating the scene as it plays out. So like, you know, we see the guy and he's lounging in his chair and he's got the beer and the voiceover is saying, lounges, lazy and self-content, oblivious to the predator that hunts from the shadows. And we know because of context clues that also because it's supernatural it's the same as like you know if you have like a cop show and you see somebody jogging in the forest it's like oh they're about to trip over a dead body yeah that's how it works Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that is what's happening here exactly you know you know the kind of genre that you're engaging with like you understand the formula of the episode but you know we have that and then you know there's a a bit more of the scene and we also get later on like door flies open and he goes and he is looking at the door and he closes it and then the narrator is like first he reacts with confusion you know returns warily to his watering hole and that's like when he comes inside and then he sees the the guy standing there covered in mud and then he goes closing in for the kill it attacks and like i just think it's a very fun choice to have done that it just is it's a different formula to what we normally get i think that it is very effective at actually building the tension in the scene and it's just a really fun approach, I suppose. I've really, really enjoyed it. And like I said, I think it's actually probably the strongest part of the episode. I have nothing to add. Okay, fair and valid. So I don't have any other notes. Did you have anything else that you wanted to touch on for this episode? No, I am all tapped out. All of my notes are done. As I said earlier, it feels like a little bit like a nothing episode. Like I don't, I didn't have a lot of notes to start with. Neither did I. I like, think it's fine. Mm. We basically covered it earlier, but yeah, it just doesn't really seem to deliver much, mm. which honestly is quite disappointing at this point in the season although to be fair i know what's coming and i can understand how in the structure of the season they would want to have a lull here before what's coming up yeah yeah so i can understand why this episode is a little bit more like of a pause and like maybe like sort of a palate cleanser i suppose for the audience like it's just a very run of the mill like this kind of episode would have fit in season one pretty easily really other than the whole like death component That brings us to the end of today's episode. So, Jamie, how would you rate 515 Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid out of five? I think I'm going to give it a three stars. That's fair. Like, it was fine. It was a run-of-the-mill episode. We got some interesting, like, Bobby angst, but also, like, it just, I don't know. Like, I, maybe it's because I watched it really late at night, but I was just kind of like, eh. I just, here's the thing with it. I think that Supernatural, often if we get angsty episodes, it does something to further your understanding of the character. Mm. I don't feel like I know Bobby any better. No. And I don't think that 
Karen was given much in terms of personality or agency outside of like housewife you know it feels very much like you know other than the episodes where we've gone back in time like from the pilot and that all we knew of Mary was like she was this symbol of femininity and motherhood and that was kind of that's it that's her entire personality and I feel Mm. like that's how Karen feels which is frustrating because we've just had a whole episode with her and she should have some kind of personality and she just sort of doesn't seem to the Next thing is your predictions. So the next episode is called Dark Side of the Moon. I have heard of this episode. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know what it's about. I feel like look, here, this might this may be insane. No, please. This is me assembling random spoilery things that I've heard of. This. I knew that you have heard of this one. I'm pretty sure I have mentioned this a number of times in recordings that we've already done. So I've heard of this episode. I don't know what it's about, and I don't have any actual guesses based on the name. Obviously, Dark Side of the Moon, I'm assuming it's like a reference to a song. I'm pretty sure it's a Pink Floyd song. Yeah, I might, like it, I might be song. wrong, but... And I know it's a song because one of the wineries that I really like names all of their, like, wines after different songs. Oh. And so I actually have a Shiraz that's called Dark Side of the Moon. It's really nice Shiraz. Um, <laughs> In case you're looking for a recommendation. <laughs> but I have a feeling that I know there's an episode... Where you get Crowley who bids the moon for something. <laughs> so I have a feeling this might be that episode. Okay. Based on the word moon. Yes. Okay. That's... Solely. <laughs> Exclusively and solely. Because, yes, if I had an episode with that scene in it, that would also be an episode that I talked about a lot. It, do you know what? It's really fun that every now and again I something happens or you say something or you make a like a connection between... Yeah random things that you know and I sometimes now that you've watched almost all of Crypto Era I forget that there is some stuff that you have knowledge of that is so wildly out of context yeah so it's nice to remember so that's wrong is <laughs> what I'm getting from that in time look it's not the episode where Crowley bids the moon <laughs> I'm not gonna yay or nay it but uh <laughs> the laughter tells me do you have any other thoughts on it or are you happy to leave it there I mean I guess the other thing that's, like, unspoken about that is you never see the dark side of the moon. Mm. You just, you don't. So, like, obviously, like maybe it's something, like, secret. Maybe there's, like, a secret society or something like that. Like, something hidden. Something that never sees, like, the light of day. Cool, cool, cool. So, more of, like, a thematic rather than, like, a literal yeah. interpretation. Mm. So, you've given me one literal and one thematic interpretation. Yeah. Either that or Cass is there and he beams them to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we can't cause the apocalypse if we're on the moon. Okay, the thing about that sentence is that it's, like, low-key relevant. Not right now. <laughs> but at some point there is a plan that does kind of involve the moon. <laughs> it's so dumb. And when we get there, we're going to laugh about it because it's so stupid. But anyway, speaking of Cass, mm-hmm. do you think that Cass is likely to be in next week's episode? No, I don't. Like, I'm not, obviously, obviously. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It just, this episode doesn't feel like it's setting up anything where Cass would be required. Yeah. Though, to be fair, I've heard Dark Side of the Moon often enough that maybe he's there. You know, like, typically episodes with Cass are more popular in fandom. Just by rule of thumb. Yeah, I think if you've heard about an episode a lot, there are basically three different reasons why that could be. One, it's atrocious. Two, (laughs) yeah. Two, it's a fan favourite. Or three, it is pivotal in some way. So, Which could also fall into either of those previous two camps. I'm thinking Bugs mystery spot mm-hmm. on the head of a pig. Yeah. Yeah, basically. That's <laughs> kind of... it down to the bare essential. <laughs> That's the range. Yeah. <laughs> it could also, like, fall into, you know, multiple of those categories. Yeah. But typically... Like, I would argue that on the head of the pig also kind of half falls into the middle one as well. Of, like, an actual good episode. Of, like, fan favourite yeah. sort of, like... Mm-hmm. That brings us to the end. And changing channels is all three simultaneously. Yes. Well, I don't know if changing channels falls into atrocious... Some of the graphic effects, but I, I want to be clear here. It's intentionally atrocious. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, leaning yeah, yeah, yeah. into the cat. Yeah. It's like, the genre. It's the genre. It's the sunglasses. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, it's, yeah. like it's, it's intentional, unlike most of the choices in Supernatural. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's leaning into it. It's, yeah. The, it's the one going, oh, yeah, we're going to do this sitcom in this, like, hideous green room. Like, mm-hmm. it, the room is atrocious. But it's effective. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Great. We're really exploring the scope of what constitutes a supernatural episode. (laughs) So that brings us to the end of today's 
episode. If you wanted to hear more from us rather than just us rambling along in your ear for an hour or so every week, you can always find us on any of our socials. All of the links are in the descriptions below. Also, we do have our survey down there at the moment as well. So if you haven't filled that out, we would love if you did. We are just hoping to get a little bit of feedback on what you think so far throughout the first five seasons of our show so that we can look at anything if we want to think about making any changes or adjustments going into the gamble era. So we would love to get some of your feedback. That would be fantastic. And yeah, if you wanted to get in touch, some possible topics of conversation could include... Is the evil twin always the one who's born first? Oh, are you a twin? Yeah. Do you have an opinion on this? Because here's the thing. If Jamie and I, neither of us are twins, so we have opinions, yeah. but they're really based in nothing. The only twin that I know personally is Naomi. <laughs> Hence why we dragged and her, her sister. Yeah. Hence why we dragged her into the room. Exactly. But if you are a twin, I would love to hear your perspective. Do you think you are the evil twin or the good twin? And does it change based on identical versus fraternal? Ooh. If you're a triplet, is there a neutral triplet? Yeah. I'm if like thinking of like character alignment charts. Yeah, and- <laughs> I think if you're one of like nine, you're like octuplet. Octuplet is eight. I know. I can't think of the word for nine kids though. Oh, I don't know. Exactly. That's why I said like octuplets, not. Yeah. Okay. If you are part of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Like, Do what's you- the character alignment there? Is it like lawful, chaotic, neutral, and like anyway? Tell what us- do you think of this episode? Like, I'm generally cur- curious because it seems like an episode. That, like, was aiming to do so much and then just sort of felt, like, a little bit short. Like I, honestly, if you have any headcarons about Karen that make her more interesting, mm-hmm. I would love to hear them because I think that she is a really un- underutilized in this episode. I think she had the opportunity to be a really cool and interesting character. Like, the woman who married Bobby Singer, you know? Like, I feel like she must be fucking interesting and, uh, like, a really cool character yeah. and we just literally get nothing from her. So if you have any fun headcarons, or like different opinions on that, please God let me know because I would love to, you know, have more thoughts on her. Yeah, I think that just about does it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we have you back next week for Dark Side of the Moon. Bye. Bye. Ooh, that episode was more about evil twins somehow than anything else. <laughs> I'm not even at the evil twin plot yet. <laughs> what the <laughs> <laughs>